the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show. Good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to repairmycreditnow.com for a free credit report evaluation. Repairmycreditnow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today? Today, we have a funding strategist, and he helps tech CEOs craft compelling pitches that make them irresistible to investors. He also hosts a successful pitch podcast with uh, investors from around the world. Uh, the media calls him the Pitch Whisperer. Today, we have John Livesey on the show. Welcome, welcome, sir. How are you? Thanks, Doug. I'm great to be here. Well, I'm so happy to have you, and I've, I've always wondered about this, and I know there's a, a thousand different ways to, to skin that cat, as they say. Uh, I've mm-hmm. always done businesses where I just generate the revenue, I start it slow and ramp it up, and then if it's successful, I keep it rolling, and if I don't, then I, then I don't do it that way. But I know that the majority of the companies out there, they go out and they get uh, investors, and they get money, and they get funding, and I've always been curious about how others do that, so I really look forward to doing that, but in the intro, we talked just a little bit about you. But tell me, tell me a little bit more. Tell me about you personally, where you grew up, and, and what you're all about. Sure, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Went to school in Champaign-Urbana. My first entrepreneurial job was a newspaper boy back when newspapers were delivered, and I had to do the whole thing, Doug, from knocking on the doors to get people to subscribe. Then I would get up at the crack of dawn and deliver the papers, and then I would go at the end of the month and collect the money. So it was. Full training in how to be an entrepreneur from sell it, deliver it, and collect it. <laughs> you know, it's it's so interesting in this day and age. L- jobs such as uh, mowing the lawn and and the uh, the paper boys. You know, most most of that is all gone nowadays. And there's there's somebody else that's doing it. Well, in the newspapers, there's very little of those being delivered. But you know, the the, lo- the lawn mowing and that kind of stuff. And kids are just growing up differently. You know, they're growing up with an iPad mm-hmm. in their hand from the time they're two years old. <laughs> But you know, right. those, 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 those jobs as a kid, they really do teach you a whole lot. Well, yes, and then I went on to become a lifeguard. I mean, all those experiences that you have where you get to interact with people and find out what they want and how to say no and what, what, what to do when they say no to you and all that stuff was really valuable. And then I studied advertising when I was at the University of Illinois and sold ads for the college newspaper and would go to local you know, pizza places and say, hey, if you run an ad with a coupon, the students will see it and you'll be able to track how many more pizzas you sell with this ad versus not running an ad. So there's always a return on investment even back then to get someone to open up their checkbook and write an ad for a local college newspaper. So that's what got me involved and inspired into majoring in advertising. I'm really interested in 
what motivates people to take action and what inspires them. So it's really a marriage of psychology and business. You know, psychology is so important. And, you know, I was listening to uh, another podcast the other day and, and the guy was talking about he dropped out of college because his psychology teacher would have meltdowns. And he's like, <laughs> you're supposed to be a teacher of psychology. You're supposed to know people. And, and what in the world are you doing if you can't handle your own self? Uh, but but that's it really is an art of understanding people and, and knowing how they operate. And, and I really want to get into here in the next segment, we'll get into a little bit more about about your uh, uh, the pitch whispering that you do and how you go mm. about that. But um, I'm sure there's a lot of psychology that's that's rolled up in that. So, um, you know, w- when it comes to, you know, just just kind of growing up and some of the things that you went through in life, w- were there ever uh, any landmines that you stepped on in, in business or even personally that you uh, you're just like, my goodness, at the time, it seemed like it was kind of the end of the world. But, you know, in, in retrospect, you look back and you realize that, um, you know what, that really taught me a valuable lesson. Well, you know, ironically, it wasn't a minefield, but I used to swim competitively when I was lifeguarding. And one of the lessons that I learned that helped me so much in life, Doug, was focus on your own progress and you win. I used to always get beat by this one guy when I would swim breaststroke. And, you know, you pull your head out of the water, take a breath, and put it back in. And you, you know, touch the wall, and it measures your time to the thousands of a second. And I beat him by half a second. And he said, wow, how'd that happen? And they said, well, instead of staying focused on the wall, he picked his head up and turned to the left to see if he was ahead of you or not. And that extra half a second caused him to lose because he was not focused on his goal. So that really stuck with me of... If I stop comparing myself to other people and just focus on how much progress I'm making, I'll win. And I've really taken that with me all along in my career, in my personal life. And I've seen other people do it. And it's a really great tip from my childhood. Sure. No, I really like that uh, that advice. And it's, you know there's always measuring sticks of sorts out there and uh but but you got to you know you got to make sure that you're making progress compare you know comparing yourself but you can you can do the comparing after the race is over right <laughs> so, mm-hmm, exactly very good very good now you know cuz um, if, if you're turning your head left and right looking around and worried about what the competition's doing instead of being the best you you're not going to be successful that was my big lesson Right. No, no. I like that. I like that a lot. Now, what is it that you do to, to like personal growth wise? Are there are there any study habits or anything that you do to help you um, to, to just personally uh, grow? Yes, I do not open my emails. The first thing I do upon awakening, I heard that and it totally changed my life, Doug. I no longer let my emails run my life. Because what you're doing with emails is you're reacting to everything people want, requests, demands, all that. So I make sure that I get up, take my dog for a walk, get some fresh air. I take 10 minutes and meditate. And the night before, I prepare what I, three things I need to get done and make sure that I've scheduled that in with no interruptions. And then I get to my email. So I decide when I respond to my emails as opposed to my emails running my life. That is great stuff. Now, you mentioned that you take your dog for a walk. What kind of dog have you got? I've got a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. I love him. <laughs> ah, you know what? My my, uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law used to have one of those dogs. They're beautiful. It's, it's, kinda, it's like a little white and tan. I mean, white and kind of like a little reddish dog. Yes, exactly. Uh, they were raised to sit on the laps of King Charles back in the day. There's actually oil paintings of them. But they're really affectionate 
and keeps me in the moment and, you know, reminds me of sweat the small stuff. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's that really is good. I I remember their uh, their little dog. He would actually. You said they're very affectionate. He would actually, or she. It was a girl dog. She would sleep like right next to his head every night. He just wanted to be Aww. right next to him. Very very yes. sweet little dog. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's good to have that. You know those those dogs. They uh, it's crazy, but they're always happy to see you in general. Uh, it's it's yes. good stuff to have have them they really are man's best friend so well that's that's mm-hmm. great stuff now now when it comes to uh this is and this is kind of a question that may you may have to think about it for just a second but is there anything that that in the last five to ten years that maybe you have kind of done a 180 on maybe you thought this way about it and then with a little additional information now you've kind of kind of done a 180 and now you've kind of changed your thought processes on it mm, the thing that jumps to mind is uh, a year and a half ago you know, I was working with people just on getting their pitch right for investors. And then they kept saying to me, but I also need help with introductions to investors. And I thought to myself, I don't know any investors. I don't know how to do that. Well, it finally dawned on me, Doug, after hearing enough people say that they need that, that I needed to figure out a way to give them what they wanted. So that's what made me start my podcast so I could start interviewing investors and start to get a network of investors who I could introduce people to once they had a good pitch. So the big lesson for me there was listen to what your prospective clients are telling you and figure out a way to get them what they need and so they'll hire you. So so that's great. So you over the years you have uh you you've basically helped people perfect their pitch, but now you're saying that now you're actually marrying them also to potential investors and you kind of saw that uh that 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 itch that need to be scratched and so you started your podcast for that reason exactly it, it uh, and now i connect all the investors together who may not even know each other and they're telling me you know bring me good deals and the p- people are saying i need introductions to investors and i'm like well before you get the introduction you have to have a good pitch otherwise you're going to get a no so it's a win for everybody my goodness that is unbelievable that is great information and that's the great thing about America. You know, you find something that, that needs to be done, and you go out there, you make it happen, and if you can monetize it, that, that makes it where you can, you know, you, you can truly become that ambitious entrepreneur. So that is that is a really cool transition, and we're just kind of wrapping up this segment. So in the next segment, we will talk more uh, about that and actually how you drive revenue and how that works uh, right after a break. When we hear from our sponsors, we, we'll be speaking more with John about his career pursuits and his experience of becoming an ambitious entrepreneur right here on the ambitious radio network start shopping for a car, you go in thinking that this time you're really going to get a great deal. Then the haggling starts. You have to fence with a salesman over the price, then verbally joust with a finance manager over the interest rate and all the extras they want to sell you. By the time you get out of there, you're glad to have escaped with your watch and rings. Stop the insanity. There's a better way. And that's to lease your next car from Autoflex Leasing. Call the leasing specialist at Autoflex and you'll find that getting your next car can be fast, easy, and fun. Your Autoflex specialist leases all makes and models, both new and used. They'll also pick up your trade-in for an appraisal and deliver your new car to your home or office. Imagine leasing your next car and never having to go to a dealer. Happens every day at Autoflex Leasing. To see for yourself, call Autoflex today at 817-972-234-1234 or reach them at autoflex.com. Autoflex Leasing, a better way to lease your next car. Autoflex Leasing. 
As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle, but if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug? All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and guys, I am so excited about hearing from the Pitch Whisperer. Today, we're going to be talking to John more about some of his professional adventures and his company, Cracking the Funding Code. John, welcome back. How are you? I'm good, Doug. I'm ready to crack that code for your listeners. Man, I'll tell you what, I think it's really a valuable service that you provide on multiple levels because so many people, you know, they they maybe have a great product or service and for whatever reason they may not be able to, you know, articulate all the, the different, uh, you know, metrics and different things that need to be communicated to investors to get somebody to invest in it. They can tell you about their service, but maybe not how to, to get the funding and those kind of things. So I, I'd love to hear more about your company um, you know, and how you derive revenue and, and, and how that works. Well, the fun part of this whole story is my second guest on my podcast, The Successful Pitch, was Judy Robinette, who wrote a book called How to Be a Power Connector, and she sits on the board of Illuminate and Pair Adventures. And she started sending me people to help them with their pitch, and they were getting such great results, she decided she wanted to have me go into business with her, and hence Crack the Funding Code was born. So she and Dee and I are partners in this incredible service that we provide. The problem we're solving is only 1% of pitches get funded, Doug. So how do you get yourself in that 1% club? What we realized was you need to have a great pitch, know your numbers, but most importantly, you need warm introductions to the right investors. So we work with people for six months and help them craft a concise and compelling pitch that's memorable so that you have a story that people get inspired by, and then we help you with your numbers, and then get you in front of multiple investors. So we create what's called FOMO, fear of missing out. Because if you have multiple investors wanting to give you money, then you can really have a place of leverage to negotiate how much equity you need to give up to get that money. Gotcha. You know, that's that's real interesting. Last uh, last week, we had Lachlan Johnson on the show, and she, at 12 years old, went into the Shark Tank. She was one of the first kids <laughs> to ever be on there and actually got funded. And Damon John um, had, had did the deal with, with her and her little brother, and mm-hmm. uh, they've already exited from that business and started two new uh, companies. So, I mean, if you know, if a twelve-year-old, when you go back in and watch the Shark Tank, they had a compelling story. They were really able to tell it, and that 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 FOMO you talk about, the fear of missing out. Um, I, the the sharks actually kind of kind of argue, you know, kind of uh, uh, negotiated against one a little bit. So I, I that that was something just like top of my mind. So how do you actually create that? I mean, let's talk about that for just a minute. I mean, is it is it a process where you're working with them? You said for six months, but how do you uncover that, and how do you develop that? Well. What you first have to realize is investors invest in the jockey, not the horse. And you're the jockey. Your idea is the horse. And most people make the mistake of saying, if I just show you my product, you'll be so wowed by it, you want to give me money. When in fact, they're investing in you and your ability to answer these two questions. Why now and why you? 
That's what's more important than what the product does or doesn't do. You need to explain why you're the perfect person and perfect team to execute the idea, and then why now? For example, Uber would not have been successful if we all didn't have smartphones. So we, why now is really key when you're pitching an investor. And what I talk about people is you have to practice. You know, my favorite quote from Arthur Ashe is, the key to success is confidence, and the key to confidence is preparation. You can't go in and just wing it. You must practice. 10-minute pitch, three-minute pitch, whatever it's going to be, it's got to be down so you don't come across nervous. You People invest in people who are confident and prepared. Mm, that people invest in people that are confident and prepared, guys. I mean, that's that's so fundamentally you know, basic. And, and again, my, my only exposure to these things is watching some of these shows. But you, you do see people, when they go in and they present and are confident – it makes a huge difference as opposed to fumbling around. And, and uh, the other part about investors invest in the jockey, not the horse. So you're preparing that jockey over that six-month period of time to get up to speed. And, and what does an average you know, like prep time, I mean, how, how much time are you investing with them? And, and then let's, let's talk about just for – I'm not sure if it's this simple or not, but if someone – let's just say that I wanted to, to get with you on a project I'm working on and, and maybe have you work with me. How does that work? How is the revenue derived to your company? Sure. Well, at Crack the Funding Code, we charge $6,000 to work with us for six months. And what that involves is eight modules, step-by-step process on your business model, your pitch deck, your financials to make sure that those make sense. We even help you with your who should be on your advisory board and even start reverse engineering this, Doug, where we talk about who is going to buy you in three to five years. What's your exit strategy? Because investors want to know they're going to get their money back in three to five years. And the best way to do that is to have an exit strategy of who could potentially buy your company. And when you have all that thought out, we then have you practice a pitch with us twice a week on the phone. Once you're pitch ready, we then start making strategic introductions to the right investors. And one of our clients, Cole Smith, has an app to help keep the school safe during medical emergencies and, God forbid, another gun shooter. And he practices pitch. We put him in front of an angel investor. He liked what he heard. And then he said, I want to invite you to come pitch to my angel group. It was a 10-minute pitch with a 10-minute Q&A. And then he got the second date, which is the whole point of the pitch. Doug, it's really about getting the second date, not the money. They invited him to come back for a longer Q&A with more angels in the room. And now he's in due diligence. And that can take anywhere from 45 to 60 days. But we didn't stop there. We got him in front of the New York Angels. And that's where the FOMO kicked in because he said, I don't really need your money. I'm just here because you have great relationships and mentoring. And they said, yes, we have connections to the FBI, so you should work with us instead of the angel, the other group. And now he's got a whole thing going. And where people most fall down, Doug, is they'll say, well, who's going to fund this next round? If we give you $700,000 now, that'll last you a year, but who's going to fund the next round because you're going to keep needing more money to grow? And we introduced him to a venture capitalist who said, oh, my husband works at JetBlue. I'd love to take this platform and help keep the airport safe. And this is way before the tragedy that just happened in Turkey. So that's the strategy. And that's why we work with people for six months to not only get you your first round, but start working with you on who's going to fund your second round. 
man, that's that's uh, very, very good information. And, and I couldn't imagine just going at it alone. Um, I'm sure that, that uh, that's that's money well invested there. So now let's talk about, you know, I, I know that you were a, you know, a superstar sales and, and had one salesperson of the year at your, at your previous company. But whenever you decided to go out and be an entrepreneur and jump out on your own, Let's talk about that transition for just just a minute, real quickly. What, you know, maybe what were there fears that you went through, or was it just a no brainer? <laughs> talk about that experience. Sure. Well, uh, what you just said earlier about you know going it alone. One of our clients said to us, you know, trying to get funded by myself is like climbing Mount Everest without a GPS. So Judy, Robin, and I think of ourselves as Sherpas and help people up that mountaintop much faster. You need to know how to play the game by knowing all the rules. So that's really why we love doing what we do. You know, if you invest $6,000 and we get you 250000 or a million, clearly a great return on investment. Now, to answer your question, when I was deciding to, let's say, start my podcast, um, that was a huge leap of faith. And I thought, gosh, I'm feeling afraid. And so I decided to put faces on it, Doug. The first fear I had to face was the fear of rejection. What if I ask people to come on my podcast and they say, well, can I listen to some other episodes? And you're like, well, you'd be the first. There aren't any, you know, and I'd be rejected. And they're like, oh. And I'm like, you know what? I've been in sales long enough to not take rejection personally. That's the key to overcoming that. But the next face that showed up for me was the fear of failure. Well, what if I get people to be on my show and then nobody downloads it? I'll be humiliated. I will have wasted all this time and money. And one of the people I interviewed on The Successful Pitch, Jay Samet, has a great book out called Disrupt You. And he said, you know what? Failure is just feedback. Keep going until you get a zombie idea so great it won't die. So I went, ah, failure is just feedback. I'm not afraid of it anymore. But the biggest fear for me, Doug, was the fear of the unknown. I'm like, the list of things I don't know about a podcast were a mile long. What mic do I buy? How do I edit this thing? What kind of questions should I ask? But I found someone that that's his business, Done For You Podcasting. So the solution to the fear of the unknown is collaborate. Going full circle, don't go it alone. You know that's that's great stuff, and and so guys, as always, we'll put you know show show notes uh, together, and uh, just go to John Lives Livesey on uh, ambitiousradio.com, and you can check out all the stuff. And and if you would now disrupt you, like Y O U, or like you as in university, Y O U, disrupt yourself. Got mm-hmm. it. And then what's the what's the author's name again? Jay Samet, S A M I T. Perfect. Well, we'll put that on there as well. It sounds like a great uh, a great book to uh, to share, and and we always want to have all that good information for our guests as well. And it's hard to believe we're wrapping up another segment, and that's great stuff for our ambitious listeners. And if you like what you hear, guys, hit the pause button right now. Take a second. Let three other people know that you're enjoying mm-hmm. the show and you're getting fed, getting great information. If you'd like to subscribe and get updates on the next guest and, and what's going on at Ambitious Radio, you can text the word ambitious to 69922. Again, that's ambitious to 69922. Standard messaging rates apply. See the website for full details. After the break, we're going to be back talking more to John about what he's planning next right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. It's that time again. Summertime. Kids are out of school, running around, having fun in the sun, leaving the doors open, trying to air condition the entire neighborhood. I just got my first electric bill of the summer and it is double what it was a few months ago. 
I can't wait for these kids to go back to school. Tired of paying outrageous electricity bills? Would you like to get a significant discount or get free electricity? Go to freeelectricitydfw.com to compare our rates. Many of our clients are saving anywhere from 15 to 20 percent. We also have a referral program that allows you to earn free electricity. You cannot beat free cents per kilowatt. Switch and save with free electricity. DFW.com. That's free electricity. DFW.com. We offer free energy credits to customers who refer and activate 15 or more qualified customers for our electricity service and are not past due on their bill. To get your free energy credit, your customers must be referred through your free customer gathering websites. See free electricity. DFW.com for more details. Back in here on the show, it's Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system? Consider grasshopper.com. You get to keep your existing number. You have multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system. Let's get back to the show with Doug Parker. All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we're talking to John Livesey with Cracking the Funding Code, and we're going to talk just a little bit more about what you're kind of transitioning into. I know we talked a little bit about the podcast, a little bit about uh, Cracking the Funding Code, but what else are you working on, and how do you determine to do those things whenever you're whenever you're starting up something new? Well, one of the things I've started working on is becoming a keynote speaker for companies. It's interesting um, Gensler, which is a big architectural interior design firm, asked me, you know, you are known as the pitch whisperer, so you help tech CEOs in particular craft a compelling pitch because they tend to be left brain people. You know what I mean by that, Doug? They're all about the numbers and how something works. And storytelling is all on the right side of the brain. And we buy emotionally and back it up with logic on the left side. So Gensler has hired me to be a keynote speaker to two of their different regional offices and help them because in a way architects are like tech people. They're very focused on the design. And what they, the same thing when you're pitching money, they need to know how to tell a story so that they pull people in. That makes that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's it's sometimes the facts and figures, and you would think an investor, you, you might think that they would want to know the facts and figures, right? But um, it sounds to me like that they, they want the emotion behind it, the the psychology to, to get them, you know, all excited about doing something with you. And I think it ties nicely back into what we were saying earlier. You know, they, they, they're buying the jockey uh, or investing in the jockey, mm-hmm. not in the horse. And, and, and so that, that, makes, that makes a heck of a lot of sense. So have you done some of those keynote speeches already? Yes, I did one last week in New York, and last uh, year I did one for their D.C. office. And it just really helps set them aside and apart from their competition because they have stories that make them memorable and people buy from people they trust, like, and know. So the trust part is the gut. You know, when it's a gut thing. Literally, fight or flight kicks in. And that's what the handshake first started was a symbol of I don't have a weapon. You don't have to run. So they have to trust you. And then like you is a heart thing. You know, it's, it goes to your heart. You know, do I like you? Do you show empathy for me? That's a key. Tim Sanders has a great book on that called The Likeability Factor. The more empathy you show for people, the more likable you are. And then we go to the head. It's, will this work for me? So when you're pitching something to anybody, that's the unspoken question, hence the pitch whisperer that comes in. Do I trust you? Do I like you? And will this work for me? And that's what people are thinking when they're listening to your pitch, whether it's giving you money, does this fit into my portfolio? 
this is something that I like this person, that I could get along with them, whether it's Gensler getting hired to design a new airport, all of that is the same process. Okay. Okay. That yeah. That that sounds pretty straightforward. Now that when you explain it that way, um, you know. So when you're when you're processing through this, so so how do you make that that decision making process on what to do next? So, you know, you'd mentioned that you you know you're you're in sales and and top salesperson at your your organization, and then ultimately left there, started the the cracking the the funding code, and then ultimately from there decided to do the podcast. And mm-hmm. now you're doing some keynote speaking. So can you just kind of walk through that process of, of are these opportunities just, just randomly jumping out in front of you? Or, mm-hmm. or, or how, how, are you, how are you going about putting that together and deciding what's next? Well, as far as Crack the Funding Code goes, we have multiple sources of finding clients. We run ads on Facebook that are very targeted uh, based on interests. And we test different headlines and different images, which leads people to, a webinar to watch and after they watch the webinar then they book in time to talk to one of us and they have to fill out an application so by the time we get somebody on the phone they're pretty clear that they need our help and they've gone through a sales funnel process um, and then of course listening to you know my podcast listening to me be a guest on podcasts a lot of people have you know decided to uh, reach out that way and then I've spoken to you know Funding groups. I've spoken probably to about seven different WeWork locations, which is all about you know where startups go. So everything compiles, and you know the more content you put out there of what you're doing, then that's and then people start referring people to us as well, of course. No, that's that is that is really really good stuff. Now, um, when you're doing multiple things like you are, the the next question I say or ask is how do you stay focused on? Mm-hmm what you know what you're working on so i know there's synergy between these however it's it's you know you 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 got multiple things going on right now so how how do you stay focused and prioritize well (laughs) it's funny because the other thing that i'm working on now is taking all of the top interviews on my podcast and turning it into a book um, which is called the successful pitch conversations on how to go from invisible to irresistible so that process of Putting content out there keeps you focused. I'm always about, you're in three different stages all the time. You're either attracting new clients, converting new clients, or delivering content to them. And you have to be doing all three concurrently. You can't just focus on delivery and ignore attracting new business. So I'm very big on productivity and not getting distracted. You know, Facebook, emails, Twitter, all that stuff. John Dumas of EO Fire calls them uh, weapons of mass distraction. So you really have to schedule your time so you stay focused and get three things done every day that move the needle ahead and drive revenue. Okay, so that's attracting, converting, or delivering content to them. Yes. Well, if you attract clients with Facebook ads, then you get them on a call and you convert them to become a client, and then you have to deliver. You have to coach them on the pitching. So I break my time into those three segments. Perfect. Perfect. And is that something, what do you use any kind of a system for doing that? Or you use an Outlook? Do you have Franklin Covey Planner? What is it that you use? I use Outlook, yes. And then Trello, keeping track of projects that way. Okay. All right. You said Trello? Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. 
Got it. All right. We'll look into that. I'm not familiar with that service. So I'll check that one out, man. I may be uh, in the dark oh. there a little bit. So I'm an yes, outlet user, but. Yes. I mean, Trello is something that can keep track of your podcasts and where they are in production and all that good stuff for you as well. Interesting. Interesting. Very good. Well, hey, that you know, I learned something new. That's one of the things I love about doing this show is that I get to spend time with other experts that are doing things and you know, I'll pick up nuggets and I'm making notes all the way through, you know, keeping up with what, what others are doing to uh you know, to have their business be successful. Now, let's talk about mentoring for a minute. I know that's really mm. important. You mentioned it uh, a little bit that the, some of the different things that you're doing, but who, who's mentoring you right now and, and why have you chosen them as your mentors? Well, I've been fortunate enough to know Tim Sanders for over 12 years. He was kind enough to write the foreword to my first book. And he has a new book out called Deal Storming about how to get collaboration and how to win back clients that you've lost. And I constantly learn from him. And I, you know, follow, read all his books, follow, you know, his talks and, and just continue to learn from him. So that's one person that I, I definitely um, have as a mentor. And I also mentor startups at an accelerator in New York at startfast.net. And I coach startups who are in that accelerator to get ready for demo day when they pitch to over 200 investors in one room after a three month process. Whoa. I could imagine it's one thing to be pitching to a group of, of you know a handful of people. It's a whole nother thing to be in front of two hundred. Uh, so many mm-hmm. people they're scared to death of of literally like it's more scared of talking in public than they are of of death. But uh, anyway, yes. that's that's interesting. So so do you coach them through the public speaking piece of it as well? Um, no, that's Skype. That's uh, I coach them um, as my way of giving back. Mentoring them oh, for okay. free. Um, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, okay, I got you. I was yeah. thinking maybe it was part of your part of your program. Oh, that's that's very good, very cool. It's, yeah. you know, it's kind of the pay no. forward deal. You're you're getting mentoring and you're mentoring yes. some others. Yes, because out of those, you know, to get into an accelerator, you have to have, you know, they only take five for the summer, and they're usually got really great people and great ideas. And the the you know premise is if I help them with their pitch and they get funded at demo day then they'll hire me to help them for the next round. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, Zig Ziglar used to say, if you just help enough other people get what they want in life, you'll always <laughs> have what you want. And sounds like you're doing a, yep. a lot of that uh, right there. So, well, ambitious times we're having here, and it's hard to believe we're at the end of another segment, almost three-quarters of the way through the show. Um, after we hear a brief word from our sponsors, we'll be discussing more with John, what he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit, right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, ambitious listeners, you hear us interviewing entrepreneurs all the time, and there's a common theme. They want to be more productive and improve their communication. As an ambitious entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. The Ambitious Radio Network recently partnered with Grasshopper to offer our listeners a special discount. Log on to ambitiousradio.com and click on the Grasshopper banner in the bottom right-hand corner. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Sound professional with a main greeting and multiple extensions that forwards callers to your mobile phone or others in your organization. Get a toll 
toll-free number or local number for your business with multiple extensions. Set up each extension with custom call forwarding to any phone in the world. Get your voicemails emailed to you as an audio attachment or transcribed an email. Keep business calls separate from your personal calls. Plans start at $12 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember to click on the Grasshopper banner at AmbitiousRadio.com for a special discount for our listeners. Join the over 150,000 small business owners that have stayed connected with Grasshopper. See how Grasshopper works. It's the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn the world into your office. And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit, made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to AmbitiousRadio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker. All right, guys, we are back on Ambitious Radio and the Ambitious Radio Network. And today we're talking to John Livesey. He is a successful entrepreneur and a funding code cracker. Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? I'm great, Doug. How are you? Man, I'm doing real well. Doing real well. So, um, as we kind of get going here, you know, you're you're hard charging. You've got multiple things going on. You're doing a podcast. You're you're helping all kinds of individual uh, folks. You're talking to investors. You're talking to people that are starting up companies at different levels of their funding. So I know that that you uh, you get drained uh, out of every once in a while. So what do you do to recharge? Hmm. Well, you know, it sounds silly, but I exercise and I really make sure that that gets scheduled into my schedule too, because you can't burn the candle at both ends. You've got to stay fit like an athlete does for their Olympic moment. I think these pitch meetings are the Super Bowl of meetings. And so I make sure that I exercise and then I schedule vacations so I have something to look forward to. Okay. Now, when you say you exercise, let's talk about that a little bit. What what does that really, uh, really consist of? Is is it every single day? Is it three days a week? What what does an exor- exercise look like to you? To me, I usually take a jog in the morning, and then three nights a week, I'm at the gym lifting weights and doing a little bit of cardio. Gotcha. Okay. And then vacation. You say you schedule a vacation. How often are you scheduling a vacation, and what's the length of your typical vacation? Well, I do everything from, well, I try to do one a quarter, and sometimes that's just a weekend getaway. So, you know, leave on Friday, come back on Sunday. But just getting out of town helps your mind. And for me, going to Santa Barbara, going to Palm Springs, that really hits the reset button. And then I try to do a one big trip at least. Um, uh, last year, I went to Alaska and took a dog sled ride on a glacier, which was exhilarating because you have to take a helicopter to even get on the glacier. Um, which alone, that was fun, let alone the dog sled ride. And then this uh, fall, I'm going to Europe and taking a tour of the Greek islands. So um, having those kinds of treats, if you will, payoffs really helps keep you motivated and inspired and um, really gives you a different perspective on everything. Sure, sure. And, and and when you do those, or is that kind of like a once a year you try to do a kind of big blowout vacation for like a week or 10 days? Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Okay, very good. And over the years, where, where's one of your favorite places that you've uh, you've been on vacation to? Do you frequent the same place, or do you like to go to, to different places? 
I like to go to multiple places, new places, although I've been to Alaska three times because that just is so incredibly beautiful and there's different things to do. Um, but that's been over, gosh, a 15-year period. Um, but uh, Tahiti was on my bucket list, and that certainly lived up to expectations. That water is unbelievably clear and blue. Tahiti, all right. Now, so now, and where exactly is Tahiti? Is that is that off of South America? Yes, you just another three hours west of Hawaii, basically, and south. Okay, okay, yeah. gotcha. Interesting, interesting. Well, I'm gonna have to go check that out. You know, my my wife enjoys the beaches and. We're we're planning for what's the next vacation right now. We we like to go to Costa Rica a lot, but we've we've been there like fifteen times. So we're we're looking for something <laughs> a little bit different this go round and uh, try to try to make it worth uh, worthwhile. So now when it comes to rest, uh, sleep actually sleeping every night on on a you know a regular basis. What what type of sleep hours does it take for you to get recharged? You know, ever since I was a kid, when I was a competitive swimmer, I've always needed seven to eight hours. You know, the one or two times I've taken a red eye from L.A. to New York, I literally get nauseous from the lack of sleep, and it just wrecks me. And I'm so glad to see people like Ariana Huffington coming out and saying, you need to get sleep. It's no longer a badge of honor to walk around saying, I didn't get any sleep, but I'm still working. You just aren't productive. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm big on seven to eight. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I got to have my sleep, and I don't mind charging hard, getting up early, and make it happen. But I got I got to go to bed early myself. So, uh, what, what does the average routine look like for you? I mean, what what type uh, what time do you typically go to bed? What time do you get up? And then what's 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 your daily routine? Do you have a, a pretty standard routine? I would say you know they've got that exercise blocked off, and so I know the night before what my top three things are for the next day. So I. Um, you know, focus on that. And I'm in bed 9.30, and I'm up 6.37. Okay. Okay. That sounds, that sounds, and then what about, uh, what about eating habits? Breakfast? Um, are you, are you, uh, are you good about eating breakfast every day or what does your schedule look like there? Your eating habits? Yes. I'm a big believer in breakfast. Um, I've done all kinds of reading and research on it and you need, you know, you're, you're breaking your fast, <laughs> uh, breakfast, get it? And, Absolutely. uh, you know, you're, you, um, you know, that's really where you want to put the majority of your calories if you can, so you can burn them off during the day. The worst thing in the world is to eat a big meal late at night and then try to go to sleep. Okay. Gotcha. And then as far as like your lunch and, and your dinner, are you, uh, you pretty consistent about that? Is it something where you, you try to eat the big breakfast and then a smaller, uh, lunch and, and then even a smaller dinner or what, what, what any, any consistency? Yeah, and then I try to have five small meals a day and, and like, try to keep my blood sugar consistent. So that requires some planning, even if it's just taking a protein bar with me some places so that I don't go long periods of time because otherwise, if I'm starving by the time I get to a restaurant for dinner, let's say, I, you know, I'll eat the whole bread basket. But if I've kept yeah. my blood sugar consistent, I can wait until the entree comes. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Now let let me ask you. This is kind of a little bit of a of a one off question, but um, you know, if, if we were to ask your family something about you that that, uh, <laughs> that that is just not out there on the internet, what would they tell us about you if we if we asked them? They would tell you that I like to be silly, and make them laugh. That I, that's I have a real playful side to my personality. That I don't know if that comes across, and when I'm coaching people on uh, their pitch and strategy. But, you know, laughing at restaurants um, and having fun and, and not taking life too seriously is, is a big part of who I am. 
you know, that's that's good that you bring that up because a lot of times, you know, entrepreneurs, business people, and, and you know, I, I've my wife a while back said something to me about that. It's like, you know, when we first got married, and we've been married over two decades, but she's like, you used to be fun. And I'm like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? I'm, I'm still fun. And she's like, no, you're serious all the time. Mm. And, you know, the reality is whenever you're a business person and, you know, you, you have different responsibilities. And, you know, the great news is being an entrepreneur uh, is that, you know, I think I saw somebody that said that entrepreneurs are the only people that will work 80 hours a week so they don't have to work 40 hours a week for somebody else. And, <laughs> right. Um, you know, but the problem with that is, is you have, you really do. You think about it more. It's, you, you don't have the ability just to clock out at five o'clock and say, Oh, I'll see you tomorrow morning at nine. It's, mm-hmm. it's a different, it's a different dynamic. And so you, you know, you mm-hmm. have other people's families depending upon you to make decisions. And so it really does mm-hmm. change. So how do you, how do you balance that out? Or, or have you, you're just intense during the day and you just try to, to let loose a little bit whenever you're out having fun or, or, or are you able to weave it in and out and, and keep an eye on it? I think you sort of weave it in and out. I, I think the idea of personal and business being, you know, chunks of time that you only think about one thing and not the other is gone, even for people in the corporate world. I don't know anybody that works nine to five, maybe assistants, I guess, do. But even them, they tend to have to stay late if the boss needs them. So nobody really has this casual business of, oh, unless you're at a fast food company or something like that, I suppose. But in corporate America, if you have any kind of a career, you're thinking about it a lot. Um, so I, I just think everybody has to make decisions of being in the moment. You know, If you're with your family, you're with your family. If you're with your work, you're with your work. And try not to let other things constantly distract you because you can't do anything well if you're thinking about something else. Let me ask you this. If you could go back to any point in your life um, and really kind of tell yourself one thing or give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? And when would you have done it in your life? I think I would tell myself multiple times in my childhood, relax, it's all going to be okay. I was stressed out as a kid. I was so ambitious that I kept living in the future, right? As soon as I get out of high school, I'll be happy. As soon as I get my college degree, I'll be happy. As soon as I move to California, I'll be happy. And I missed being in the moment as much as I could have because I was so concerned about what was coming next. You know, I hear that a lot, and, and I truly remember whenever I was turned about 16 or something, I started thinking, man, high school is a total waste of my time. Like, I have no interest <laughs> in this stuff. And when I get 18, you know, then I won't be a kid anymore, and I can go do what I need to do. And I, 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 I even still have some of that feeling, you know, hey, when I get to here, then then it'll be, you know, then I'll – but it's always the same thing over and over and over again. Um, you got to live in the moment. I think that is great, great advice and, and to relax because it, it, it all is going to work out. Now, um, when it comes to advice others have given you, what's one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? Hmm, let me see. The best piece of advice I've ever been given was this too shall pass, hmm. which just means whatever's going on, will it be important tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, or even a year from now? Probably not, or certainly not with the same intensity that you feel it right now. And so that perspective has really helped me, and it keeps me centered because I keep thinking to myself, if I'm not happy, right, if I'm anxious or worried, what's going on? Well, I'm either reliving something from the past or worrying about the future, 
and that the only place peace of mind exists is in the present moment. So the minute I'm not centered and feeling grounded, it's because I'm not in the moment. And I'm like, oh, why am I projecting so far out of what if this happens and what if that happens? Or why can't I let go of what that person said or did to me in the past? Right? It's affecting my now. I'm giving them rent in my head to let it go. Yep, yep, you got it, man. You got it. Well, we're nearing the end of the show. It's so hard to believe you've been such a fantastic guest, but I do want to ask you this. If our listeners wanted to engage with you, or maybe they've got it, uh, you know, they want to get something funded, what is mm-hmm. the best way to communicate with you? Well, if you're just text the word funding, F U N D I N G, to 66866. I'll email you a free PDF of the three mistakes to avoid when you're pitching. 66866 and the word funding, and you get a free PDF from me. Of course, you can always go to my website, johnlivesay.com, and listen to my podcast, The Successful Pitch, and get all kinds of great information there, and watch the free webinar on my site. That is great. So johnlivesay.com, L-I-V-E-S-A-Y. We'll put a link to that. And then the texting, uh, the text fund, funding, text funding to 66866. We'll put all of that information on the show notes page. John, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been a fantastic guest. I've learned a ton of information, and I think that others will feel the same way and and hopefully um, reach out to you if they've got any questions. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Doug. Well, you are so welcome. And guys, we're going to wrap up here. We're going to have a bonus episode, though. So if you are listening on the radio right now, you can go to ambitiousradio.com and hear the show after the show. And remember, guys, we couldn't make this possible without our sponsors. So if there's anything that you're looking for that our sponsors offer, please support them. We could not do it without the help of our sponsors. Tune in Wednesdays to Ambitious Radio, where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. So go out there and be ambitious. All right, guys, we're back for the bonus episode. We uh, love it when the guests have a few more uh, questions in them to be answered, and we're appreciative. Today we're talking to John Livesey, and he is a funding expert. And so we're going to just kind of jump right in and ask a couple more questions uh, that I didn't get to in the in the initial interview. Um, we, we talked about you know some of your favorite quotes and some of your favorite books, and we got all that great information in there. Um, it came out a little bit later in, 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 the, in the show. But um, let me ask you this. If you could go back to any point in your life um, and really kind of tell yourself one thing or give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be, and when would you have done it in your life? I think I would tell myself multiple times in my childhood, relax, it's all going to be okay. I was stressed out as a kid. I was so ambitious that I kept living in the future, right? As soon as I get out of high school, I'll be happy. As soon as I get my college degree, I'll be happy. As soon as I move to California, I'll be happy. And I missed being in the moment as much as I could have because I was so concerned about what was coming next. You know, I hear that a lot, and and I truly remember whenever I was turned about 16 or something, I started thinking, man, high school is a total waste of my time. Like, I have no interest (laughs) in this stuff. And when I get 18, you know, then I won't be a kid anymore, and I can go do what I need to do. And I I even still have some of that feeling, you know, hey, when I get to here, then then it'll be, you know, then I'll – but it's always the same thing over and over and over again. 
Um, you got to live in the moment. I think that is great, great advice and, and to relax because it, it, it all is going to work out. Now, um, when it comes to advice others have given you, what's one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? Hmm, let me see. The best piece of advice I've ever been given was this too shall pass, hmm. which just means whatever's going on, will it be important tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, or even a year from now? Probably not, or certainly not with the same intensity that you feel it right now. And so that perspective has really helped me, and it keeps me centered because I keep thinking to myself, if I'm not happy, right, if I'm anxious or worried, what's going on? Well, I'm either reliving something from the past or worrying about the future, and that the only place peace of mind exists is in the present moment. So the minute I'm not centered and feeling grounded, it's because I'm not in the moment. And I'm like, oh, why am I projecting so far out of what if this happens and what if that happens? Or why can't I let go of what that person said or did to me in the past? Right? It's affecting my now. I'm giving them rent in my head to let it go. Yep, yep. That, that's, man, that's powerful stuff. It really is. So when it comes to investments, what would you say is one of the best investments that you've ever made? It could be time. It could be money or, or in someone. Um, but just generally, the thought of making an investment, what's one of the best ones that comes to mind and why? Well, the first one comes to mind is land from the, you know, gone with the wind. Land, Scarlet, land, invest in land. I've had some great successful investments in buying real estate income property um, because that typically, um, especially in California, has gone up over the years. But I also think it's really important to invest in yourself, which means hiring someone to train you to and getting and hiring people who have expertise that you don't to help you. You know, I read somewhere that uh, you know, is it more expensive uh, to train people uh, or more expensive not to train people? <laughs> you know, which one would you prefer to have? Uh, and and you know, there's always the fear uh, when it's when it comes to like employees and stuff like that. The fear is that you you know you train them and then and then they leave. Um, but when you mentioned investing mm. in yourself, you can never go wrong with investing in yourself and with your employees. The reality is some of them are going to leave. It's just what's going to happen. But if you have a culture of uh, growing people up and investing in them, that's something that can really make a huge difference in your business right now, right now, uh, as well as potentially holding on to them in the future and, and, and growing them up and having them do additional things. So, so I like the, uh, I like, I like what you say there. Um, I think that's great stuff. And, um, kind of in just kind of closing out this little bonus session here real quick. Um, what would you say that, uh, someone would find just surprising about you? I mean, you seem like a, a really bright guy and, and intense and doing what you do with investing, but what would you say is just something surprising if, if, if we found it out about you? I think sometimes people are surprised that I don't like to cook. And I love musicals. You love musicals. What's your favorite musical? Oh, gosh. Um, probably West Side Story. Okay. The drama of all that based on Romeo and Juliet. And I just think that's got incredible dancing and music, and it makes me happy. You got it, man. Well, that's that's great stuff. I appreciate you taking the time for today's show. I really appreciate the, the bonus uh, episode or bonus uh, information we've got here at the end. Thanks so much for, for just being part of what we got going on and helping our ambitious listeners get better at what they do, sir. Thank you, Doug.
Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.